You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with J and J. Hello, everyone. We are here on the Sewing and Growing podcast with J and J, and I am going to read some Bible scriptures today. Sometimes I feel convicted in this podcast that I don't read enough scriptures. Do you get that when I, I and it's okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I, where's the I, word? I feel convicted because I feel like sometimes I read more books that are about the Bible than the actual Bible. All right. This is a good, we'll just kick the ball around conversation. <laughs> Here's the thing though. There's so much contextual stuff we got to know about the Bible to understand the Bible. Right. So if you're reading things that are helping you understand the Bible, or maybe getting the right lens, the right mindset, even as Pastor Mark was talking about, so you can understand the Bible. Now, I know the Holy Spirit's the teacher. He teaches all things. But there's some things about 3000 BC that I'm not going to know about in Mesopotamia, right? right. And some of that's going to be helpful if somebody studied that out and learned it to learn and read in context. I agree. I, I, I think I put it this way. If I'm endeavoring to learn Spanish and I pick up a book that's all in Spanish, I'm going to have a little bit of a frustration. But if I also have another book that tells me, hey, this is what this phrase in Spanish means in English. It brings insight to the book I'm trying to figure out, exactly. the language that I'm trying to figure out. Exactly. Not that I value the, the other book more because the ultimate goal is to be able to read the other book and, and, be, and, un, and understand it. But sometimes... You get by with a little help from your friends, yeah. like Matthew Henry. You know, there's sometimes that I ride to work in my vehicle listening to a book on marriage instead of talking to my wife on the phone. Now, is that because I enjoy the book more than my wife? No, but nope. the book is helping me so I can relate to my wife whom I do love. It's yeah. not that I love the book. I love my wife, but I listen to the book so I can yeah. work with my wife. I will admit this, though, that sometimes I feel like it, it might be somewhat of a crutch to just refer to a book instead of saying, God... Holy Spirit, bring about some revelation for me here because yeah. I don't understand it. So I think if you're always turning to somebody else, true, that's not helpful too because the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. He's going to reveal Jesus in the Word. He's going to help you apply it to your life. So I need to get better at instead of running to a commentary every time saying, Holy Spirit, help me. I'm going to have some podcast comprehension from what you shared last podcast right. about your parents, Jesus Can't Save You. You know, Max Lucado's Jesus Can't Save You. Brother Hagen's The Authority of the Believer, Jesus Can't no, Save You. No. The revelation that you get on him is what saves you. So you have to take that and supplement your own journey with the Lord. And that's what you're sharing. I don't need to say any more about that. But speaking of Jesus, I have this feeling, and I don't know, feelings, those aren't always our favorites. You can't always trust them. They're just what they are. But I have this sense that what's in the New Testament was probably reflected in the life of Jesus because he yeah. is the fullness of God. He's the express image of the Father. And there's something that's very foundational for this church. This church has gotten where it is, which is an amazing spot in the community. Thankful for New Creation Church through the power of the spirit of faith and having yeah. the spirit of faith. Yeah. And I just have thought, did Jesus use the spirit of faith? Did he need to use the spirit of faith? And you might go, what in the world is the spirit of faith? So why don't I share what the spirit of faith is? It's found in 2 Corinthians 4.13, written by Paul. And he says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Pastor Mark has shared so many stories, whether it being worship, which you're passionate about, and early on, 
having needs in the church and believing in his heart that God has called people, the visions here, and speaking forth what he believes in his heart to actually experience what we're walking in today, which is great things. Did Jesus do that? Did Jesus need to do that? That's what we're going to talk about. I mean, the quieter we get. Tell me. I I can't tell you. I can share some thoughts. But I think he did because is this the full meaning of these scriptures that I'm about to share? I don't think so. But I do think in these scriptures that I'm going to share, this was part of it. Because there's so many times where Jesus shared certain things to people and they had no idea what he was talking about. They were just like, um, okay. And I'm thinking, why did he do that? Main one, and I'm jumping too far ahead, but Jesus said so many times that he was going to go to Jerusalem, he was going to die on a cross, and he was going to raise from the dead. And they were shocked. And they were like, uh, and then the disciples were shocked when he actually did it. It it amazed them in the moment. They didn't get it. Yeah. And then. Hey, you're going to deny me three times. No, I'm not. Right. Oh, oh, what? I denied him three times? And I think there might be an aspect of what? this in here where Jesus was operating under the spirit of faith. Because a lot mm-hmm. of the things he spoke repeatedly were foundational things for his destiny that needed to be accomplished. And yeah. I'm slightly persuaded that even Jesus needed the spirit of faith to accomplish what God wanted him mm-hmm. to accomplish on this earth. I agree. And I think it started young. Let's look at this scripture. Luke 2, 48 through 49. This is Jesus They went to Jerusalem for a festival. He's a young man. And Mary and Joseph did the no-no. They left Jerusalem without the child of God. So that's how the verse starts with the word so. It was hard for me to comprehend until I actually had kids. Have you left them anywhere? I've left them in the car. One time it was pouring rain and I parked away from the building that I needed to get into. And I was really concerned about the rain and I like, parked and like put my hood on and just started running and i realized once i got in the building i'm like my child is in the car well that was pretty quick yeah that's not a bad father moment yeah i've gone to pull out of my driveway before and be like wait i need to bring my kid (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. dude i'm not casting any stones i would have cast stones at myself pre-kids and hey the, the saying goes, he who is without sin casts the first stone. Can't I don't have any kids, so I don't have sin in that area, but I've sinned in other areas. No stone no stone throwing in general is a good rule. Yeah. Just yeah. don't throw any. Unless you can kill two birds with one stone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. And a bird in hand I'm, is I'm worth off. two in the bush. Let's go. <laughs> All, right, All right. I'm off topic. Keep going. Luke 2, 48 through 49. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I saw you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you know that I must be about my father's business? Verse 50, but they did not understand the statement which which he spoke to them. I think there could be something in Jesus as a young man, teenager going, I'm going to declare something about my future that I must be about my father's business. I like it. Okay. Let's go on a little bit later. You remember this story? Jesus goes into the temple. Apparently this happened twice. I didn't realize this till recently. Jesus threw the tables over in the temple more than once. It was a dual, yeah. a dual operation. A dual table flip. Well, yeah. probably. I don't know how many tables he flipped, but he tipped maybe the same table over twice. twice. But this is one of those times, John 2, 18 through 22. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? They go, okay, you're coming in here. You're flipping over tables. What are you going to do to tell me you have the authority to do this? 
Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days? <laughs> right over their heads. Right over their heads. Like, And I think Jesus knew they weren't going to know what he was talking about. So what's up with that? Well, verse 21 says, but what he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples went, ah, remembered that he had said to them this and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. It's great to believe, but normally you want to believe before it happens. The disciples yeah. got to it late. I think Jesus was preparing himself. Maybe the great, maybe, why would you say maybe, John? The greatest act of all time in history. <laughs> maybe. Ah, is there anything greater? No. Jesus dying on the cross and raising from the dead is the greatest thing that ever happened. And it took great faith to do it. And I believe Jesus lived his whole life on this earth declaring things that he believed in his heart beforehand to help accomplish what needed to be accomplished. Yeah. I like what you're saying. Okay. That verbal affirmation is really helpful, man. A lot of people don't think about that. A lot of people just think that Jesus had the easy path. And that, I thought that too, but I'm like, did Jesus have to live this life? He's expecting us to live because it's kind of hard to just go out and say things that <laughs> haven't happened yet. But I think Jesus was doing it. I agree. Mark 9, 31 through 32. For he taught his disciples and said to them, the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will raise the third day. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. Luke 18, 31 through 34. Then he took the 12 aside and said to them, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the son of man will be accomplished for he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. But they understood none of these things. This thing was hidden from them and they did not know the things which were spoken. I just want to say this. So often when we confess, and I'm all for confession. Confession is great. I thought Marsha Townsley spoke on it very soberly, very realistically. And if you're a Protestant Christian, and I may say even Catholic and Eastern Orthodox, Romans 10 is in the Bible. You confess with your heart and you believe. I mean, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. You confess to possess salvation. Yeah. It's a doctrinal truth. Yeah. It's rooted and grounded in what we're exper expecting to change our eternity. Mm -hmm. So it's part of us. But so often we go like, I'm only going to confess the good, exactly what's going to happen. In these stories, I see Jesus confessing the difficulty as well. And that's okay. I think it's okay. And it's not against faith to say there will be challenges. There will be trouble, but this is the way it's going to end. Yeah. And... We need to do that. I admire our pastor. It was actually the day before the start of 2024. He comes to church. He's praying. He gets something a little different from God than what he expected. And he comes out and he tells us all, there's going to be some turbulent times in 2024. Yeah. But, and he shares all this other things. So many of us got on the Lulu train, lost our minds and go, oh my goodness, he said turbulence. What does that mean? Well, have you read your Bible? In this world, you will have Tribulation. Tribulation. Jesus even said it, but it's about the ending. You but so scared. many of us yeah. who try to walk in faith, we, we get scared of any confession, anything that 
is troublesome. And I, I think, don't believe that. I rebuke that in Jesus. I think name. we just no. have to have a thicker backbone. Do you want a thick backbone? A stronger backbone? Yeah, I want more the muscles around backbone. my backbone to be big. Too. Some of us need larger traps. Yeah. Larger traps, and lats. larger lats, and larger <laughs> rhomboids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we need to brace ourselves. Yeah. I, I think it speaks when Christians can hear those things and they're just like, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. down for it. Let's go. I'm ready. I know Let's the go. end. They're like, no, 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 no. I'm buying that in the name of Jesus. It starts to sound, I'm just you know, like a little bit like magic. You know? <laughs> Doesn't it? Like, nope. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm going to say this out of the book. I heard somebody share this and it's kind of funny. I don't endorse the TV show, but The Office, there's a funny episode a funny one. Uh, where Michael Scott's struggling in his finances and he's looking into bankruptcy and he, he comes out of his office and he's like, bankruptcy, bankruptcy. Yeah. I've said it. And they're like, no, that's not how it works. You don't just say bankruptcy. He's like, I didn't just say it. I declared it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's from the heart that the mouth speaks. And when we know God, we have relationship with him. We start to get some revelation of what God wants to do in our life. And we speak it out of our mouth. It's very powerful. And I think some of us need to grapple with the fact that we're afraid of some things. Let God's love work in that and say, there's going to be difficulty. There's going to be challenges. But this is the end of the story and I'm declaring it. Why else would... Paul encouraged people to put on the full armor of God if there wasn't going to be exactly any problems and challenges. It's hard. I and mean, a lot of people will take this the wrong way. It's, and <laughs> not, not a lot. You I mean, can't control how people yeah, are going to take things. Right. Have you noticed that? Yeah. It's like, oh, you're just embracing the bad. No, I just know that that's a reality, but I'm equipped to get through it. Cause I know, I know, like you said, I know the end. So, and that might be the last thing I want to talk about and point here. You said, people are going to take this the wrong way. Man, I've spent so much time and it's important to make sure your points are getting across well and you're not being misunderstood. But Jesus didn't really have a big problem with being misunderstood. So much of the fact that even in John 2, where he said, you can destroy this temple in three days, it will raise again. When he was on trial, that's what people said Mm -hmm. that ultimately cost him his life in the court of law. You want to know what he said? He said, he's going to do this. And Jesus was like, no, no, no. I was talking about my physical body, guys. Like, hear me out. Come on, let me get the whiteboard out. I'll explain (laughs) how this works. We have to be wise. We have to not just try to find the law for all this. I think so many things we should hide in our heart, like Mary did. I think Joseph probably would have been better not declaring some things. That might not have been the right application. I know that Jesus said things to the Jews, but a lot of these examples are with the people that are closest with him. He shared these things. So be careful who you share the truth that God's put in your heart with. But also when you do share that truth, don't freak out if it's not understood. Mm. And that's been a challenge at times. I can get really obsessive. Like, ah, I don't think they took that the right way. Do you remember I went to a season here at the church where I was always buying gifts for people and I was like giving it to them? I remember that vividly. And you were like, what are you doing, man? I'm like, well, I just think there might be something there and I want to make sure that we're good. So I wrote a letter and I I I made note that they came in with a Dr. Pepper. So there's a 12 pack of Dr. (laughs) Pepper. That's the one I was thinking about. And I just want to make sure we're good. Yeah. That wasn't so much for them for you that was for me i just dealt with that 
like very recently where I ended up apologizing to someone because I felt like I was taking the wrong way and I had to look at the whole context and I had done nothing wrong and I actually stood up for truth, but I was afraid of how I was going to be perceived so much that I tried to go reconcile something and it was only for me to make me feel better and I ended up feeling worse after the fact. Wow. But, so It's real life. We're, we're talking about growing. real life things. We're sowing and we're growing. <laughs> Emphasis, which is on, the name of our um, podcast. That is not J and J podcast, <laughs> not J and J podcast. But um, yeah, those are just some thoughts I was thinking about. And is it doctrine? No, I don't know if Jesus was operating in the spirit of faith, but I could see how this could be Jesus believing, knowing what God was called him to, and getting it out there so he could walk in it. Because he was, I mean, he was fully God, but he was fully man, which means he struggled with temptation. He probably struggled with thoughts of doubt that he had to cast down. Absolutely. So some of that, I mean, you know, speaking that out in faith was building him up to 30, do what he needed to do. 33 years, Jesus had to say no to his will and yes to crazy. his father's will. Most of my life, I feel like Jesus's will and the will of the father were one all the way through. But we hear in the garden him say, not my, my will, will, but yeah. your will. He basically said, come on, like, can we... God, please! Let's go again and see if there's another option, because I do not want to do I don't want to do this. Now, was that just a one-time thing? Who knows? <laughs> Might be. But I think Jesus, was, he was tempted in every area. Right. There were desires inside of Jesus, maybe at times where it was like, mm, I, I want to do this, but I'm going to say no to it. Because desire starts, and then when you choose desire and go along with it, it gives birth to sin. It's not sin when the desires are, but I bet there were things across Jesus' path where he could have done other things. There's so much in all that, you know. Don't get obsessive if something pops up inside of you and you're like, ah, it's just a desire. Just choose God's desire in that moment. Comes back to knowing your righteousness in Christ. Identity change. I do want to say this. I don't think Jesus, every moment of the day, it was like, oh, that's my will. Okay, I won't do that. Uh, uh. I think a lot of times they lined up because he was a perfect person. I I think I've struggled with that in the past where if, especially as you come out of sin, because as you grow in your relationship with God, your desires change. Yep. You delight yourself in the Lord. You're listening to worship music. You're praising him. Your desires they become change. similar to his desires. Yeah, absolutely. But I remember there was a season in my life where if I desired anything, I was like, God probably wants the opposite. <laughs> Because like the desire's there, not my will, but your will. And how do you get out of that awkward time? Spending time with the Lord. Yep. And having some trial and error in your relationship with him. Absolutely. So I believe the spirit of faith was in Jesus, man. I do too. And if you don't understand that, <laughs> if that goes over your head, if you're astonished at my words, I'm okay with that. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Though I'd be really bummed if everyone messaged, like, I had no idea what John was talking about in that podcast. <laughs> I'd be a bummer. Then I'd have to be challenged to actually walk in what I talked about. I think if you were to wrap it up in a nice little bow, which is normally what you do to my words, and I don't think this is a this may not be a pretty bow. When you're talking about the spirit of faith, the spirit of faith doesn't just deny anything. And it's just like, no, no, I don't believe that. I don't claim that. I don't no, no, Just, you know, victory, Jesus name. That's part of it. Victory in Jesus yeah. name is the end. Yeah. It's the end. Spirit of faith is acknowledging, understanding, coming to terms with the fact that there's going to be some difficulty 
And even having to speak it out, if they, if you need not, not like I declare, I will have a hard time. <laughs> no, but saying like, yeah, I'm a little bit afraid here. I'm a, there's, there's going to be some stuff, but bless God. I know the outcome. It's about preparation and not preparation H preparation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that people won't understand that if they haven't listened which is good and then they're gonna be like why is he talking about preparation yeah. age but um preparation soldiers are prepared for what they're gonna do and they believe they're gonna win the battle they go into especially our military come yeah. on the strongest military in the world yeah. but you hear about the people who are the most prepared who know that they're gonna go into some of the toughest battles i'm talking about navy seals mm-hmm. their heartbeat and blood pressure decreases when they go into battle that's crazy now if they didn't know that they were going to get into a firefight and they ended up in a firefight would their heartbeat and their blood pressure go down i don't think so i think that they know this is what it's going to be like this is how tough it's going to be i've been out in the pacific ocean in san diego almost suffocating and drowning to death let's go i know the way this is going to end an accomplished mission that's the difference and some of us go, no, I just don't want to say anything bad. No, you're afraid that if there's anything bad that's going to happen, you're going to fail. And God's got you more than that. Right. And your confession should, just to clarify, the majority of your confession should be what's good. You shouldn't just be yes. out walking around talking about what's bad. But the people who join the army because they think like, oh, okay, like I'll probably just be stationed off of uh, San Diego and I'll do a couple drills and they'll pay for my college. And then all of a sudden wartime comes. They're in for a rude awakening because yeah. they haven't prepared for the whole reason why they signed up for the army in the first place. The whole reason why the U S government thinks they signed up for the army. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Anyways. Good thoughts. You added a lot there, man. Thank you for that bow. Yeah. It's a, it's not a professional bow. It's a a double bunny ears. You know, is it something that could pass at a gift wrapping station at Macy's? If we do the six inch ribbon curls, you betcha. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, I was gonna, that was my wisdom of the day. How's your wisdom of the day? My wisdom of the day is the things that are taught in the New Testament, try to find them in Jesus. Because I bet you can. I bet you can. Oh, yeah. That's good. You didn't say that during the podcast. Maybe you did kind of in a cryptic way. Cryptic. I say cryptic probably once a day. I rarely say cryptic. I, I say it's a cool a word. Why are you being so cryptic? That was explained in kind of a cryptic way, don't you think? <laughs> that's a great word. And if that's something you have in your repertoire, yeah, more power to you. Don't be cryptic. When I say like, when I say something's cryptic or you're being cryptic, it means like I'm trying to convey a point to you, but I'm purposely making it hard for you to understand it. I think of the Riddler that's what, in the I Batman I guess that's what movie. Jesus did. Oh man, Jesus was cryptic. He kind of was when he said, tear this temple down. Yeah. People are one in the world, man. Wouldn't that be a wild statement? Yeah. Like, what authority do you have to do this? Tear this temple down. Three days, it'll be back up. Excuse me, what? You already <laughs> are tearing it down. We worked hard with these tables. Somebody's so going to have to put these tables them. back. <laughs> are these vendors going to come back tomorrow? Maybe not, Jesus. Maybe not. After they see what you did here today, they're gone. You know how hard it was for me to get that guy who sells the doves? He's not coming he back. He came all the way from Cyprus. <laughs> all right, we're all over the place. Oh, man. We need to pray. Yeah, that's funny. You got I don't it? know how to pray, so I'll just pray in tongues. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can, pray. Father God. Uh, 
Always, as always, we're just thankful for your word. We're thankful for the time that we get to spend together and discuss your word with you in our midst, Father God. Help us to understand the spirit of faith and to be able to look at what we read and see it in Jesus and model our lives after that, Father God. I thank you that you've prepared us. You are preparing us for what you have prepared us for, which is victory in Jesus. But we know that that means there's going to be a battle. You can't have victory unless you go through a battle. So I pray, Father God, that we would be realistic yet still faith-filled in our declarations, Father God, that we would declare what you would have us declare, Father God, and we wouldn't be caught off guard when something happens because you've already prepared us for that. Yes. So I just thank you, Father God. You've given us the tools to fight the good fight and we will come out victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, not just the material that was really spirit-led got through to you, but some of the jokes as well. And we'll be back next time (laughs) on the Sewing and Growing Podcast with J&J.